just ask any Marine today, would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And I am positive she will tell you a solar panel, and so would he. <laughs> Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. That's right. Oh, you'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's where we are. Uh, That's where we are now. Listen, I hope everybody had an absolutely fantastic Memorial Day, and we remembered all of those who've served our country and given the absolute maximum their lives to protect our freedoms. I hope nobody had to listen to Kamala Harris. I'll be, I'll be frank with you. Yeah, uh, let's say she's probably the person who has the least clue of what that day is about. Uh, you know, thank God for our brave patriots who are willing to give so much so we can have so much. We are grateful to them, and clearly Kamala just doesn't get it. I mean, dude, she started the weekend by saying, like, hey, everybody have a great long weekend. <laughs> yeah, hey, folks, it's a, it's a three-day weekend. Everybody just rage out. <laughs> I mean, granted... <laughs> But still, you have to know who paid so you can. You know what I mean? Like, let's be serious. This is supposed to be the, like, you're, you're the vice president. You're, you're like a heartbeat away. And to be that clueless and to be like, listen, our military needs to focus on, you know, carrying solar panels. Meanwhile, China's like, oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Gary. That's your focus. Gary. You, we'll make those solar panels. Your folks can carry them. It's going to make things a lot easier for us. My, my favorite was all the virtual virtue signaling contained within one statement. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's not enough to just talk about battery packs versus solar panels. Like, what difference does it make? You're fighting a war, right? You just want to win, uh -huh. right? You want to keep our troops safe and you want to protect American values, all that. No, no, no. It's, it's actually we have environmental concerns. But then the second piece of it is, is she just sort, sort of throws in the she, right? Had to do that. Had to, had to gender. That. Had to had to gender the Marine, because there's 9% of the Marines that are, that are women. So it's important that she just genders the entire Marines, including the 91% who aren't in this. And state. I love that the libs created this whole game, you know, because they know how absurd this game is. And they are like, hold up. Uh, now you're going to get attacked from the left of being like, what about folks who are, you know, not identifying as, oh, yeah. you know, like this is incredibly <laughs> offensive. It marginalizes and others. It's like, I, come on, man. I'm terribly offended by the non-binary uh, people who Can't are- Can't we just focus on the job of our Marines? They are individuals who protect our country and have gotten guys... us where we are and allow us to live so happily and not be like, I want a woman carrying solar panels in the Marines. Like, <laughs> you remember- the focus of that, man. Do you remember the, the house prayer by Emmanuel Cleaver where he said, Amen and ah woman. I, I, oh, yeah. yeah, that is really something. That's, that, that's perfect. This reminds me of that. That's exactly you know? so like uh, uh just nonsensical. So, semi-related. I I was watching this uh series, this like TV show called uh For All Mankind, right? Awesome show. I just we we binged the whole thing in like a week. Um, but on the show, it, the premise is episode one, what if the Soviets got to the moon first, right? 
Yep. And it shows like, I mean, the alternate history that they create. It's like, it's kind of like Man on High Castle, but actually good. Like the entire series is very interesting. But like, it shows that like the US's focus became, we have a rival and we have to win. And like, you know, technology advanced. And, you know, we, we got so much further in like the space race than we are currently. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, this country used to be focused on advancing. And now we're talking about solar panels marines having solar panels we're not talking about how like china is essentially just like laying claim to the eastern hemisphere we're not talking about how like they will encroach on taiwan and hong kong all they want and you know these are our allies and and that we should be prepared for you know not even ascendant china china is here we're talking about solar panels it's incredible to me that we live in in a culture that has been good enough for long enough, we are, we are more concerned about virtue signaling our mode of energy mm-hmm. versus whether or not we have it, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it speaks, it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about the United States of America and our success in the world that we are consumed with the boredom of this sort of virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. And it represents like, just like the decadence of like, Western society, that these are the things that we're concerned about. Right? I, 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 I totally agree. I mean, so one, one, of the, one of the many things that I think Trump was instrumental in doing is uh, bringing China as an issue to the forefront. Because I, I'm telling you, before he even ran, no one was talking or thinking about China. Ever, you know, the libs for the longest time were like, and to this day are still like Russia, Russia, Putin, Putin. They're like the number 14th GDP or something. Uh, you know, they bought like, what, a couple hundred bucks in Facebook ads, and they think that, you know, oh my God, Putin's going to take over the world. Meanwhile, China's at the point, not just militarily, where, you know, they are, they're in, in, there are incursions from Chinese military on like every surrounding country. Beyond that, now you see Hollywood has to bow down to them because they know where they make their money. Like even culturally, China's, you know, uh, the Chinese government is sinking their claws into this country. And, and it's a shame that our leaders right now in the White House are focused on solar panels, which are also made in China. Yikes. So, I mean, obviously, this is one of the reasons why uh, regular Americans throughout the middle of this country are becoming more Republican and more conservatives because liberals are obviously becoming more obsessed with the decadent sort of excesses of the world. But I can tell you one thing that's not a decadent excess. And it's the merch of the ruthless. Yeah, you right. know, I was, I was going to try to steal that second and be like, you know what's not made in China? <laughs> ruthless merch made in Hebron, Kentucky, baby. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Uh, Duncan, I think we may have even caught you a little flat-footed. It looked like Hollywood Hen got out there on a porch, threw some merch on, and just tweeted it out. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's fine. Uh, as I told the audience. <laughs> Finally, I, the internet but, button. I hit I the, knew internet, there was button. the I, internet button. I, I was yeah, like, I hit the internet button. button. I hit it numerous times. Yeah. I hit it numerous times to produce this merchandise. I'm happy to do so. And yeah, we got the samples back. Man, and it looks uh, so cool. It looks and, I mean, it so rad. It's good I, stuff. I knew, I, I told you, like, even when you're like, hey, we have to quality control, you know, I feel that. Like, Duncan cares. He's very passionate about his work. He wants to make sure it's flawless before it gets out to the public. I appreciate that. When I saw the design, I was like, this is going to be so fire. Just put it up there. It's like, not until we get in our hands and folks confirmed it is fire. Dude, 
I, I, when is this thing going to go? By the time people are listening to this, will it's it, live? I, by the time you've listened to this, I've already gotten like uh, the shirt, the metal water bottle, and the hoodie. Probably something else. We'll see what else. Yeah, and the I've merch already gotten live. those. Merch is live. All right, confirmed. I'm, I'm, I'm already getting those. So, <clears> all right. So, so the second the piece of this that you just told me and I didn't know is that the more merch we sell, the more options are going to be available. Right for yeah, that's right. So like, if we sell a bunch of shirts, we get hats. Yeah, and all I really want is a hat. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on there. There's hats. There's there's a bunch of other apparel options that come if if you um, sell enough t-shirts and the water bottles and the coffee mugs, then you get access to the rest of 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 the archive of of content to, and to I customize I, and i think i saw in there if we sell ten thousand shirts there's a banana hammock <laughs> well folks now we know the target i need one of those for the summer please no I'm trying to hit miami in style do not make me design a banana hammock because <laughs> this is this is what happens this is what happens i design a banana hammock we put it in the store and then all you guys cyber bully me into like wearing the banana hammock. exactly <laughs> exactly he already sees where no one going. wants to see that he i see all the sees. angles i see the angles you totally in less than five seconds non-previewed you figured it out but uh, so now that it's live, it's store.ruthlesspodcast.com. I'm already, I've, by the time you hear this, I've already gotten the shirt, the water bottle, and the hoodie, and I might just get that sticker so I can just like throw it on something too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you just go to ruthlesspodcast.com, you'll see it up there in the navigation under merch. Perfect. So, I mean, <clears throat> look, I, I try to do my due diligence here, put together some good stuff. Um, I hope everybody likes it. Um, and we'll keep, you know, rolling stuff out, you know, over the course of the next few months dude i'm so i'm so excited about this and i got i I want to do a little housekeeping real quick i wanted to thank everybody we had a a live watch for uh the clarence thomas documentary oh yeah last week where it got apparently it was banned by amazon because of course i mean of course you know you, you think the left can let us celebrate one of if not the greatest supreme court justice of all time um we had a great time and I appreciate it because, like I said on, on the previous episode, the life of Clarence Thomas is unbelievable from true, true abject poverty of having nothing. Uh, his grandfather couldn't even read to now he's a Supreme Court justice and what he has accomplished. And by the grace of God, we are now at this point where we're living with the Clarence Thomas court and no longer the John Roberts court. Sorry, John Roberts, you, you messed up. Uh, but now, you know, he's done incredible things already and I can only, you know, imagine what's coming next. So thank you everyone for tuning in for that. A hell of a tribute. Good work, Smug. Uh, I know everybody enjoyed it. One thing that we need to get to here off the top before we get into serious business is it turns out, you know, I don't know if the media just like collectively listens to the Ruthless Variety program and then decides what their content is. I think that's probably partially the case. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you remember when we talked about like, you know, fighting horses and whatnot, and then they did mm-hmm. a poll on, on fighting animals. Well, last week we talked about uh, being dropped into nature, right? And, yeah. your, and your overabundance of, of confidence, I would say. Sure, sure. I mean, but, but it's back. I back it up. Well, you know? I mean, it remains to be seen. It's not cocky. It's confidence. You know, that's the difference. 
Okay. Well, we'll call it what it is. We'll call it confidence until we actually drop you into nature and then can measure it, which I, I, I don't recommend. But here's the thing. Rangers, park rangers now are warning people <laughs> to please, please not do what Smug is suggesting because what they've seen is an amazing, well, let me just quote it. We have seen a disturbing amount of overconfidence paired with inexperience in the Alaska range. Well, here's, like I said, in our, in our previous segment, one thing to note is which biome are you being, you know, dropped off in? Because folks, the cold is tough. You know, you don't want to mess with Alaska. I love Alaska. I've been there. I've, I've been through a lot of beautiful places, Anchorage, Skagway. I love that state to death. You don't want to mess with Alaska. Alaska is a no joke state. Right? Okay. Well, you know, this is, we've learned something here. Smug, do not mess with Alaska. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be out in the cold and surviving because, I mean, that'll get you. That'll well, get you. It's a, lot, it's a lot tougher go out there. Well, the Rangers agree with you. And, well, they say, while climbers may have had a good deal of experience in elevations up to 14,000 feet in the lower 48, the remoteness and the extreme weather we get in Alaska make the experience more challenging and dangerous. Apparently, they're losing climbers left and right up there. Yeah, I mean, folks, you got to think this through. You got to take it very serious if you embark on such a thing. You don't, you know, you got to, you, you have to realize. So I was blessed to be, you know, born in Denver. I, I did my scouting days a mile high. I'm used to very high elevations and, you know, difficult terrain and such. That's, you know, born and bred in that. But, you know, for the casual folks out there, I do not recommend, you know, you don't, you don't want to jump on like, like the diamond, you know, ski trail on your first time, folks. You got, you got to get some experience under your belt. Jesus. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine smug. Okay. You know what? Let's, let's move on. I think, this next, I think this next segment ties in neatly because um, it's about DoorDash and Uber Eats and how the future of everything is about, an hour. And well, I, and, and, and that's the thing. That, that's the thing about all this is smug. You know, he's offering people advice on how to survive in all the elements. But as I recall, um, you know, when there was a lockdown of your block in Washington D.C. And, and Uber Eats and DoorDash couldn't get to your apartment. I mean, you had a minor freakout. You you but, barely survived that. I mean, I survived. You know, I had to go out. I had to go out through the like military checkpoints at the National Guard. I, like Secret Service had 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 streets closed down, where I'd roll up and they're like, "Hey, this is Secret Service. You got to turn around, buddy. This street is closed." You know, uh, like I'm saying, in all environments, I'm like I'm like a wolf. You know, you drop me anywhere. So now we're in like a urban, you know, military occupied environment. Uh, I still, I still, I still found my way. You know, even even though uh, Uber Eats wasn't delivering, DoorDash wasn't delivering. I couldn't even get my Amazon packages. I was like, you know what, folks, I, I'm, you know, we're going to have to hoof it. So I went out to the Palm, uh, met out with some buddies, had a nice dinner. I mean, the best part is he acts like he's a refugee 2,000 miles in and he's got to walk like less than a mile. There were, there were like more troops in DC than in like Afghanistan and Iraq combined. City under occupation. And he I had still, a sl I he still had a slum it. You had to slum it over at the ball. The thing is, when I first saw, when I see this article that says like for DoorDash and Uber Eats, the future is everything about or about an hour. I'm like, yes, I and that's the complaint. Is it, it, you know, many folks have probably noticed it's all become like an hour, like the days of like you could get something in 30 minutes, gone. Like Uber Uber Eats priority, yeah, I pay that dollar forty nine, but the guy's still showing up in an hour. 
So the the in an hour is not like, you know, something to be proud about. It's the problem. (laughs) Like we need, we need to go for the 30 minute goal. Remember how, you know, back in the day it used to be like Domino's was like, we'll get you your pizza in 30 minutes or less. Right. And then they start having accidents because like these pizza delivery guys, they were, you know, they got the job done. There's going to be a price to pay. But we used to have 30 minutes or less, and now we're celebrating an hour? What happened to this country? Unbelievable. <laughs> Such an urban take. It's incredible. Oh, spoken like a guy who hasn't actually gotten takeout. <laughs> it's not delivered in years. <laughs> I'm not showing up to pick it up. <laughs> not my job. I love it. Okay. All right. So let's get into the meat of the program. If they, uh, if they'll allow. And the one thing that popped out to me, we've been talking about this in the program for the last month, Mm -hmm. but now even the journos can't entirely ignore inflation. Yep. So, but they can't, they can't like say it's a problem, right? Because it goes against their ideology and their and their marching orders essentially yeah their ongoing campaign so they've got to try to justify it but i saw a couple of things that just like sort of blew my mind prices jumped 3.6 percent in april the fastest pace in 13 years um and that's since 2008 believe it or not Uh, that's the thing is like you look at what's become of this country since joe took over right yeah um we we had we had a, a period of time where like the Russians hacked our our gas pipeline, uh, and it, you were lucky if you could get gas, let alone what you're paying for. You know the outrageous prices we have for gasoline right now, and then he gives them you know a pipeline. So all the all the like Putin puppet stuff you'd heard, yeah, that was that was absolute nonsense during the Trump years. Now you're seeing someone who's a real Putin puppet letting them have pipelines, not letting the U.S. You know, we lose what fifteen thousand jobs when he closed down the pipeline in the U.S. But uh, Putin can have his. So that's 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 the Biden doctrine over there. But you look at the way that the prices have gone up. Just in April, three point six percent, fastest pace in thirteen years. Yeah. Right. Like like uh, a two by four is the new Bitcoin. Like if someone's got like a truck full of wood, they're the richest man in town. I mean, so, so here's the, the CPI, right? The core price index, um, which strips out volatile fuel, fuel prices. It, all, all of it rose 3.1% in April, right? That's the fastest in 1992. Here's the problem. The paychecks of Americans are now worth 3.1% less than they were a year ago. If, if you have a job, like we're, our country is still coming back from a pandemic and now we're dealing with the Biden inflation. And now, and now you understand, right? So conservatives have known this from the very beginning, but like for those of us who have sort of stood athwart uh, the collective demands of the last year and a half, two years, demanding people just get sent checks over and over and over and over and over again, the value of money goes down, right? And that doesn't actually hurt rich people. It actually hurts poor people because their, their money is not worth what it was. And, and the, the capacity to buy basic needs goes up and up and up, right? Everything goes up and up and up. But like, who cares if you can't buy a third vacation home? Who gives a shit, right? 
that's, that's not a problem. What is a problem was then you can't buy bread, milk, food, whatever for your family. But that's what's happening. And, and here is what drove me absolutely bonkers. I saw this piece in Axios over the weekend. Here, I'm going to quote it. Inflation isn't always and necessarily a bad thing. It's one of many variables in the economy, and its presence helps some groups of people and harms others. <laughs> Imagine. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, okay. So they go on to say, if inflation is driven by wage hikes for people earning less than $60,000 per year, it's not even clear that that would be a net negative for the U.S. Well, guess what, folks? It's not. <laughs> It's not the audacity. Like this tells you, like really, we don't have we don't have journalists. We don't have a media anymore. These are just mouthpieces. These are these are uh, you know unofficial press secretaries for the DNC who are saying, listen, we know everything's more expensive, but hey, maybe it could be a good thing. Uh, You know, don't complain, peons. Keep working for less. It is interesting. It is interesting that Axios is now basically conceding the fact that this inflation is real, you know, cause for a while they wouldn't even concede that fact. That's right. But now, now it's uh, well, you know, if inflation is driven by wage hikes, it's not driven by wage hikes. It's driven by the trillions of dollars we've pumped into the economy over the last year, number one. And then also, Oh, we're, we're sending people checks not to work. So it's how the, could this inflation be driven by wage hikes? It doesn't make any sense. It's like the media is going through those stages of grief. What was the first? Is like denial first. They're like, it's not happening. Right. And they're, now for, they're finally getting around to like bargaining. <laughs> yeah. Now they're bargaining. Sooner or later, they'll get around to acceptance. <laughs> they also have this hilarious circular reasoning going on. The White House has this going on too. And they tell consumers in a statement here that in real terms, they're actually not paying anything more, right? So this is- This is in real terms. As Americans are hitting the road, they're paying less in real terms for gas that they have on average over the last 15 years. They're paying about the same as they did in May 2018 and 2019. So the argument basically is we've made your money worth less. So technically, you're not paying as much because we broke the economy. And it's like, uh, you know, the difference in May 2018 and May 2019, uh, we had, we had, a roaring economy under Trump. Like, do you remember what summer of 2018 was like, folks? Do you remember what summer of 2019 was like? It, it was impossible. Uh, and full you know, employment. Was what, like we had, we had full employment. Yeah, we had full employment in this country. What is she talking about? Hmm. She's like, hey, just because, you know, there's been a pandemic and uh, inflation's going up. Listen, folks, it's okay. Incredible. Incredible just- take. It's, 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 I mean, the whole argument is we've made your money worth less. So technically, you're not paying as much because we broke the economy and have runaway inflation. <laughs> Outstanding work. Good Outstanding work. work. Good work, everybody. But here's the thing. The only people that don't understand, like, it does not take a significant mathematical degree to figure out what's happening. When you pump trillions of dollars worth the, into the economy – Dollars are going to be worth less. Prices are going to go up. The only people that can't understand this are liberals. And I, I mean, it's just, it, but it goes on and on and on because also on Friday, Biden releases this budget that is like, what, $6 trillion? Total Memorial Day weekend dump. They're like, don't look at this. Oh, 
And this is, by the way, I mean, I don't want to get too into the weeds about what all this means, but the reason that this matters is because this is the framework that they use to pass all the tax increases on you mm-hmm. next year, right? So they have to pass this thing at some point to use this sort of bizarre something called reconciliation that they can pass through the Senate to get around cocaine Mitch. And, and this, is, this is what they came up with, six trillion dollars but here's where this thing is just beautiful beautiful i got a 2018 headline from the new york times about a trump budget of 4.4 trillion and a 2021 headline in the new york times of the biden budget were six trillion you want to that's the thing is like the key difference you see is in 2018 the new york times is like White House proposes 4.4 trillion budget that adds 7 trillion to deficits. But when it's Biden, they just say, oh, he's just proposing 6 trillion budget to make the U.S. more competitive. It says nothing <laughs> about deficits. Nothing about deficits. And that's not an accident. But that's the that's actual, not an accident. That's the actual headline. Smug is not ad-libbing. The actual headline is White House proposes 4.4 trillion budget that adds 7 trillion to deficits. Yeah, that's Trump. Biden proposes six trillion budget to make U.S. more competitive. Yeah, fifty percent more spending. They don't say a word about deficits. I mean, they say it, it, it makes the U.S. more competitive. It, it, dude, this is a campaign, guys. This yeah. is a campaign, yeah. and I don't. I, I mean, we we cover this every episode. But the moment that you think you're reading anything objective in any of these newspapers, you have lost your mind. It is not objective. It is a permanent campaign to try to bring America to a Western European view of the world, right? It it is to try to socialize America, to try to make us, you know, basically adopt the values of California and urban coastal elites everywhere. It's it's basically, like you just said, it's like, you know, bringing the California values, a state that's like completely bankrupt right? Where they needed, like, essentially Biden is handing out bailouts to these broke states who've been spending like a drunken sailor and look like, you know, it's an absolute mess. Absolute mess. Like, it's heartbreaking going into LA and San Francisco and seeing what has happened over the past 10 years of of absolute dem control of, you know, know, they legalize uh, breaking the law which is what has basically become of San Francisco. No one likes visiting there anymore. Uh, you see what happens when they can spend on their crazy ideas. It's, it's like they, they, they take everyone's money and just want to experiment with it. And they end up with the same results that socialism has always had through history. It fails. You know, uh, If you spend a ton of money, um, yes, prices are going to go up. And the people who suffer the most are who they advocate that we're trying to help. We're trying to help, you know, uh, Poor folks. We're trying to help disadvantaged people. There's an article uh, in the New York Post where it says that restaurants are raising prices uh, among soaring costs and labor shortages. You know, the price of everything is going up. That's the rising cost. And the labor shortage is like people have calculated, well, if I get a check, why am I going to work? If I make more just like not working, why would I work? So, so small businesses are getting squeezed, you know, uh, Every American is paying more. Make, a lot of people are making less, especially due to the inflation. And this is the Biden administration saying, oh, you know, 
as planned. Everything's going as planned. Yeah, and, I mean, and listen, folks, that is their plan. It, it, I mean, it really is ridiculous. I, I was out last week walking my dog pretty early, and uh, there was a contractor pulling up and doing some remodeling in some house in my neighborhood. And, uh, and I just started talking to him and you know, asked him how business was. And he was like, yeah, it's great. I mean, everybody's doing work. I guess that's like a byproduct of COVID uh, in, in neighborhoods that can afford it. But he's like, the real problem is I can't find anybody to work. Wow. Like, I just can't. I'm, I'm, he's trying his very best to get people, you know, a very much above wages that he paid and nobody wants to do it. And, um, and, and this is the problem. reward. This is the reward for all these businesses that survived a year of lockdown is that the Biden administration continues to pay people to stay home. Yeah. You know, these businesses that survived. Yeah. And now they have to struggle with this. Yep. Just incredible. Just incredible. Un- it's just unbelievable. So, but there is one silver lining of COVID, uh, fellas, and I, this is my hot take of the day. Uh, libs can't re-enter. I know this article. Keep going. Keep going. This is crazy. They're having a very difficult time. Um, the U.S. has reported, this is according to CNBC, the U.S. has reported the lowest number of COVID-19 cases in more than a year. And as the nation's airports over Memorial Day weekend experienced the largest number of travelers since it began, the libs are still having a problem here, fellas. The libs. Yeah. And, 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 and this is the thing is, so, you know, there were so many libs who freaked out. They're like, oh, no, you know, we're, we're being told we don't have to wear masks if we're vaccinated. Like, that tells you it wasn't about the science. Like, uh, uh, Buttigieg said that uh, wearing a mask on an airplane is about courtesy. Like, okay, that's, that's, letting the, that's letting the science dictate the facts, you know, once people are vaccinated of being like, oh, you know, uh, it, it's about a courtesy. But the funny, so I saw this article uh, in the Atlantic, and this, uh, I thought this just completely crystallized the lib worldview on COVID. The headline, folks, was, uh, I'm not scared to reenter society. I'm just not sure I want to. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's, that's what this is all about. A couple of awesome quotes from this piece. The grace period is almost at an end. The dread specter of normality looms. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this has been like uh, again when they were when uh, uh, Rom said that like don't let a crisis go to waste, and they're like build back better. Like this is all everything they've ever wanted. They want you to just like live in a pod, eat bug, like go eat cicadas, go eat bugs, live in a pod. Don't go outside. Don't have sunlight. Don't have families. Don't have a yard. Did you guys big bugs up? live in a pod? Hey, Duncan, did you pick up? A very soft day. A very soft day on <laughs> cicada. Is it cicada? Cicada. It's a cicada. Cicada, folks. It's like, it's like people who say Nevada instead of Nevada. It's, I love it. It's very on brand. It's program, right? It's skeleton. Yeah. Is it really cicada? Cicada. Cicada. It sounds fancy. They want to eat cicadas. I might eat a cicada. I'm not eating a cicada. Cicada sounds fancy. (laughs) It sounds like you maybe you could maybe marinate a cicada. Well, that's what they want. They're like you know everybody tonight. We're serving cicada pate in your pod. That's like the live dream. They're like yes, 
Yes, eating bugs in my pod. I love it. Oh, I love it's per- it. it's pervasive, man. It's everywhere. I, I I tweeted about this over the weekend, but the Virginia Department of Health is running ads online, um, you know, telling people to double mask to prevent the spread of variants. And this is a state that removed its mask mandate. Yep. Over the weekend, and they're still running ads scaring people about how they have to still double mask. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, we live, dude, we live in suburban Washington, D.C. This is one of the most vaccinated places in the entire country. And, through the roof. and you're running ads to these people telling them, hey, double mask to prevent variants. Ugh. What the hell are you doing? It's just madness. Absolute madness. Absolute I mean, madness. That's, we were told for so long, trust the experts, trust the science. We love our scientists. And this is just like contra everything that we've been told. I mean, granted, our experts haven't been the best, like Fauci telling us don't wear masks and him telling us wear masks and saying we haven't uh, funded Wuhan, uh, you know, virology labs and saying, well, uh, maybe we did and we helped them, you know, uh, figure out how to infect people better. And then, you know, the entire media for, for like a year being like, it didn't come from a Wuhan virology lab to now saying, well, it did. And we've always told you. So it's the gaslighting on all of this and the messaging has been so trash. I mean, what really, what really sucks the most is, you know, you know, Fauci is going to get like the biggest book deal of all time. That's going to be what comes out of this crisis. (laughs) All right. So. I know we're supposed to do like a thousand different topics here when there's a bunch of things to hit, but I, I, I've got one more at least we've got to do here. And it, because it goes into our summer of violence. Which I was banking on. <laughs> right. And, and you, you picked summer of violence. I still think we're going to have a good time here. But <clears throat> I want to have a longer form discussion because I, I want to clear the decks on everything else and I just want to do this. Uh, We've got airlines that are taking action to prevent alcohol sales. <laughs> American Southwest are actually eliminating alcohol sales until further notice for passengers because of the outbreak of violence. And I also have noticed because I've begun uh, following on Twitter, there's like baseball fights, uh, Twitter handles, whatever. Like an alarming number of like knockout punches delivered uh, on in the ballparks. Where where was that fight that I just saw? Seattle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some guy landed. He he got a good hook in there. Yeah. Oh, that was the Rockies guy. You're talking about the guy that just knocked out the. Oh yeah. Yeah, got him. The Rockies guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him. Yeah, totally. But you're seeing all this and smug. I mean, you called summer of violence. I told you, people don't know how to act. It's kind of like the Lib said. They're like, we're happy being like locked up and eating bugs, you know, in our apartments alone. People don't know how to act anymore. It's been like a year. It's been a year. (laughs) People don't realize when you're in public, hey, you know, you have to act like, you know, an an adult. They, They get out, you know, finally, you know, we can have a good time. We can get liquored up. And there, there's a couple kinds of drunk, you know. There's a few types of drunk, and and I think. There's just like this pent up anger, right? Across the country of like, holy moly, a year of my life, I've been like stuck at home, haven't been able to go out and meet buddies at the bar. You know, it's like rocket fuel. You get, a lot of folks, they're, they're mad about this. They get, they, get, they get boozed up 
and it's time to throw hands. And I knew this is what's going to happen, especially with what's getting out there. You've got the, like, uh, you've got that, like I said, that crown Royal cola. I knew that was going to be a problem. I knew that was going to be a problem. White claw surge. White claw surge. You're getting like 8%. Don't blame it on that. I mean, I'm not blaming it on it. I'm, I'm, I think that's a good time. Like I, I, all that, you know, you get over 8%, I, I'm on board, right? Uh, that, that, that's me. That's my wheelhouse all day long. So but but you you, notice- that's like fuel on the fire because we've already got people who are ready to rage out. Yeah, of course. Of course, people are going to go nuts. It's, here's the thing is you, you get people in coach boozed up after like a year. Come on. What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? You open the cage in the zoo and you throw meat. What's going to happen? Problems. I love the oh, coach. The, the coach is the zoo the to you? Coach blast. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Incredible. But I will say it also extends. We talked about baseball. Over the weekend, Kyrie Irving uh, of the Brooklyn Nets got a water bottle thrown at his head from a Boston uh, Celtics fan. But this has happened like four or five times in the NBA with somebody getting either thrown something at or yeah, I think in the Knicks game, someone got banned for a uh, fan got banned for spitting on Young. I mean, like Knicks fans have never been good people. Like bottom line, everyone's already known this. This has been like a baseline, but they have gone extra summer of violence. Like they won one playoff game for the first time in like fifty years, and me, they all just like went ham. Let me just or, let me connect the two segments and the reason why I wanted to talk about this, folks. You've got libs, a bunch of libs staying at home here, right? Mm-hmm. You've got restaurants where you can get reservations. Traffic is fairly good. Just be on your best behavior. If, it, if we can just keep it this way for a while, man, it could really work out. No need to throw stuff. No need to be angry. Be ha- Listen, we're out of our homes. We're out of our homes. Everybody's excited. It's a summer of love. Let's get going. You know what I want to point yes. out to you, though? What I want to point out about this is like uh, part of the frustration is for over a year, we're told that like, oh my God, look at Death Santis in Florida. His numbers are better than like any damn governor. He's been crushing it. Did a great job. The media attacked him. They didn't attack Cuomo who, I mean, do we even need to say what all he did? He didn't attack Whitmer who's just like had an insane body count in senior homes as well. Or in Pennsylvania, like any of these damn governors, they were like, oh, these are heroes. You're on CNN watching the Cuomo Brothers Comedy Hour. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, in this summer of violence, in Atlanta, the homicide rate is up 50% over this time last year. Yeah, I In mean, New York City, more than 500 people have been shot this year. The highest number in a decade. That's up more than, again, up more than 50% over the same period in 2020. In Chicago, 195 people have been killed as of early May. As of early May, like we're in June. That's the highest number in four years. Like 13 people, nearly 1,300 people have been shot, according to the Chicago Tribune. All right. Summer violence is in full effect, and where it's happening the most is where Dems are calling the shots. Literally. Well, let's just do this for everybody. I want everybody to go home, look at whatever kind of gathering you can have with your friends have a couple of cold ones, have the kids rolling around if that's what you got going on, but put a smile on your face, right? Yeah. Because things could be a lot worse. Given where we were a year ago and given where we are now, a lot went right. I know not everybody had the best experience over the last year, but the, a lot of America is vaccinated. A lot of this virus is going away. 
No need to beat each other up, guys. We are still the greatest country in the world, and we are proving it every single day. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is I wish more, more left-leaning folks would listen to our show because it's clearly them causing all the violence. That's my guess. Well, that's, <laughs> that's as good as theory as anyway. So, Duncan, why don't you introduce our uh, – you, you had a uh, – you had an interview here, which I have I have I've not heard yet, so I don't know if I should be apologizing for it or not. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a little explicit, <laughs> and this is the point where I have to tell my mom. My mom listens to the podcast. Well, I was just—it's not even not just your mom. Like my mom listens to it too, but also like you know, Mitch McConnell listens to this. So is this? Yeah, the it, time it, you want to tell him to, to this is where the it's just is. a little explicit. I'm just saying it's a little explicit, and the people cry out for it, and we listen to the people. Yes, we have the Habibi Bros, uh, Siraj and Jay, on, and they're going to guest play King of the Hill. So awesome. let's get right to it. I want to welcome to the program the Habibi Bros, Jay and Siraj. How are you guys doing? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How's it going? Hello, babies. <laughs> uh, it's a sort of a unique uh, way of, of welcoming you to the program. Why don't you guys uh, explain to our listeners, uh, you know, how you got started um, with uh, Habibi Bros? Uh, well, so Siraj and I actually met on Twitter, as you know, people do. How many and, accounts uh, was that ago? That was uh, thirteen accounts ago that we met. We met on uh, on on Twitter. The it's unblockable a running, man. It's a <laughs> the yeah, the unbannable. Unbannable. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, and um, from there, we we were interacting with one another um, a lot, and we found that we had some good chemistry. Uh, with each other so we decided to you know take it one step further and call each other habibi bros and from there <laughs> when quarantine started we did we started out doing live instagram videos for you know our followers and stuff like that and seeing the response we got it grew into um doing a, a podcast a week on on youtube and uh from there it grew a little bit more for us to to actually start a patreon and uh, do two to three um podcast episodes every week going over the news and and giving our per perspectives um on what's going on in the world and so for those who are unaware it was it, it's a it's a power hour we call it habibi power hour and um our go-to words for people to drink um i say essentially every other sentence jay says 100 percent, literally every other word and so those are our two trigger words for you to drink so essentially 100 and it's it's uh we get we get you know, feeling pretty good during those, those episodes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, now, Siraj, uh, you're pretty, pretty famous uh, or infamous on Twitter uh, for the creation of the list, um, you know, of, of people, you know, bad tweets of people who need to have their phones taken away. Can you explain uh, a little bit of that for, for the audience? Absolutely. So this all started back in December of 2019. And it, it began when I saw a tweet uh, from George Conway, the, the Lincoln Project co-founder, um, you know, big, big, uh, also the husband of Kellyanne Conway, the former White House uh, uh, advisor. So Kellyanne tweeted on December 2nd, watch Sleepy Joe is Creepy Joe. We need Ukraine's help to defeat this guy. And then George Conway quote tweets his wife saying, your boss apparently thought so. And I thought, holy shit, this guy needs to have his phone taken away. Uh, I don't care if you, you know, 
couples disagree all the time dunking on your wife and on twitter in the most public fashion possible give me that fucking phone you don't deserve to have it and i just came up with a, a, a power ranking of people who need their phones taken away i had george conway at the top had it was like a, a total of five i was on it for the first month entirely and then it was a day it was a daily thing turned into a weekly thing turned into a patreon and everybody since i created the list has said i need to have my phone taken away that's actually part of the joke. I am always deserving to have my phone taken away. In fact, I had a poll done about a month into doing the list saying, am I taking a spot from a more deserving candidate? And overwhelmingly people said yes. So I am, I'm the first retiree that my, my jersey's hanging up in the list rafters right now of Siraj needing to have his phone taken away. Um, but so do all these other 10 people. So I do a weekly, I do a weekly live stream on Twitch uh, and we basically, me and the Habibis and Jay, uh, get together. We, we decide which ones are the, are the worst of the week. And then we start, Jay started doing something where he, at the end of every month, he ranks my worst tweets of the month. So it's become a fun thing in that regard. <laughs> uh, well, what I love about the list is it's kind of similar to a game that we play here on Ruthless, uh, King of the Hill. Um, and, you know, for, you know, listeners who might be new to the program, who, who, who aren't familiar with the game, uh, I serve as judge and jury and, you know, Josh and Smug typically come in with their champion, you know, some never Trumper who has really bad brainworm takes. They each select three tweets from the past week. Um, I serve as judge and jury. There's three rounds. They go tweet for tweet and best two out of three wins. We thought it would be great to have you guys come on and sort of guest play King of the Hill. So who do you guys have for us this week? So I got uh, bitch tits. Who is that again, Jay? Tom Nichols. He's the guy who took that photo, for those of you who are unaware, where he's reclining beach or uh, poolside with the newspaper and he's not wearing a shirt. Um, quality Just content. Like letting <laughs> it all hang out. Yeah, give those, give those minions some visuals. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, Jennifer Pro Voting Ruben, who is always ill prepared for this interview. Um, I, I know that she was on last week's show, but I, she is queen of the list and hopefully <laughs> she'll be queen of the hill as well. Uh, that's, that's fantastic. So, so look, I think Siraj, you picking Jen Rubin, you know, is sort of the cheat code. Typically she has the best or worst takes. Uh, so I think it's only fair that you have to go first in round okay. one. So, now, I, and, and I stipulate this, it would not be, it would be uncharacteristic and not true to myself if I did not pick Jen Rubin. Just FYI, oh, yeah. I know she's the cheat code, but <laughs> she is also queen of the list. So I will go first. Um, Jennifer Rubin quotes uh, on, on, on May 30th tweets, quote, if BB leaves office and prosecution results in conviction, might be a wake-up call at Mar-a-Lago. This is obviously in reference to the coalition government that was formed in Israel, uh, which could lead to uh, Bibi Netanyahu's ouster uh, as uh, prime minister, um, ending a 12-year rule, uh, which could happen. It's not, it's not finalized yet as of this recording, but this is the type of blue anon type of shit you know, thinking that Robert Mueller is just going to perp walk Donald Trump out of the White House that uh, the over the Russia investigation that 
the resistance has had for four fucking years. It's just mm, chef's kiss. Amazing. Yeah, okay, well, she's so it. hard to she's so hard to compete with. But um, uh, quote tweeted on May 26. Hey, remember when people got mad at me for calling the GOP a death cult? And the tweet he's quote tweeting is from um, Charlie Sykes. <laughs> and Charlie Sykes is is tweeting insanity. It would also prevent governments, insurers or businesses from offering incentives for people to get vaccinated or even request that people get vaccinated. And this is GOP governor was and lawmakers are clashing over, you know, how to get more people vaccinated. So it's funny to me that the vaccine is free. It's out there. You don't need the government to offer any incentives for people to go and get the back, uh, vaccine or get vaccinated. So for him, it's just, to me, it's funny because he thinks that this right here gives him, gives him an out for calling the GOP a death cult over over uh, vaccine incentives. Uh, <clears throat> so Radio Free Tom was on on King of the Hill recently, and he was making fun of the the Ohio lottery, uh, uh, you know, for for people who get vaccinated, and he was making fun of you know French fry giveaways for vaccines and all these sorts of things. And it, the thing I love about Radio Free Tom is. Uh, he never misses an opportunity, you know, obviously to hate on the GOP, but also like just people, just like normal people. Great. Right. <laughs> um, he just seems like the worst guy who has no friends, you know? It's incredible. It's exactly right. Siraj, what I, what I like about that Jen Rubin take is, <clears throat> you know, there's been a lot of the, a lot of the never Trumpers very excited at the prospect of, of BB Netanyahu, um, you know, being, being ousted as prime minister. I, what I find fascinating about this situation is, you know, if Naftali Bennett, who is, you know, right wing as well, forms a, a unity, quote unquote, unity government with a bunch of left wing and center left parties, it's sort of the never Trump dream, right? Like, like really Naftali is, yeah. Bennett has a very small voting block. So it's sort of like in a never Trump dream, somehow, you know, they, they work with the left despite having an extremely small constituency of never Trumpers, but then somehow become prime minister of a country, you know? Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, the more I've read about it, the more that's, that's fascinating about it is that uh, the reason for the dissatisfaction with Bibi in the, in the polling is that he hasn't hit Hamas harder. And that is why he might actually get ousted. The, this is like the, uh, this this 11 day or 14 day war, whatever, however many days it was, um, the fact that he didn't just just go in and destroy them um, is actually what got this stalemate government to finally be like, all right, that's enough. We need to get them out. Crazy, incredible. really. So it's incredible. It um, <clears throat> so look, I think they're both really good tweets. Um, I'm a fan of both. But the idea that that Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel being ousted as prime minister would somehow inform Donald Trump being investigated or indicted is just next level Jen Rubin content. 
I got to give you round one. Mm, let's go, baby. Let's go. Oh, by the way, Michael, can I just state for the record um, that in Reagan War Crimes, my uh, gamer tag is Jen Rubin 69 That is actually a fact. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like I feel like I'm truly going up against Goku. That's what this is. This is how bad this mess matchup is right now. <laughs> okay, Jay, you got to go first in round two. All right, here we go. So on um, on on May 2026, 20, Tom he quote tweets Lisa Booth who uh, who tweeted out this saying like lockdowns don't work, masks and social distancing are theater. Uh, and you don't need the vaccine if you aren't high risk because the fatality rate is not much higher than the flu, live free. And then he quote tweets and he's like, there are people arguing with this tweet as if facts would matter here. If Google Translate had Fox to English feature, this tweet says, I like money and I like being on television and I will say whatever it takes to allow me to get more of both of those things. And the funniest thing about this tweet is that it is exactly that's what he does who he is it's projection to the fullest he will say and do anything to get on nbc to get on cnn whatever he can pretending to be some expert in some sort of field expert of experts or whatever the fuck his book is called and and it's just just lovely to watch him do that and say exactly what he is to somebody else and the funny thing is a lot of the facts and, and a lot of the facts in Lisa Bluth's tweet are on her side too. Like it's not, it's not all like wrong what she's saying. So it's, it's just, it's like the cherry on top. What I, what I really like about that is just the such, such a lack of self-awareness, you know, from a guy who goes on Twitter every day and people are in his replies, making fun of him. You would think, gosh, I could never have the confidence to just tweet that out knowing what I do for a living and what I do to make my money. <laughs> right. It's, it's too good. All right, Siraj, what do you got for us? All right, I hope this stacks up against Chase. This is from May 28th, and Jen Rubin, uh, she tweets out a an article from Politico with a headline that reads, Nira Tandon is back. Could she be more powerful? Jennifer Rubin tweets, quote, a rare accurate story from Politico. She has more influence and range as a senior advisor, end quote. And I just want to point out, for one, Nira Tandon, um, simping for Nira Tandon is just the ultimate turn for Jennifer Rubin. On top of just being never Trump, it's, it's another thing to be just like anti-Trump. It's another thing to be just so pro-Democrat of like anything that's happening in the Biden administration. Uh, for me, Nira Tandon is just the, it's, it's, it's really just a moment to just save her because she... She was denied OMB director because of her mean tweets. I love the John Kennedy bit where he basically said, you called every, you called Bernie Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. And then so for, for Nair Tannen, and, and, and just on a personal note, the whole incel thing that, that follows me around is because of Nira Tannen. She called me an incel because I put her on the list one time. And then she blocked me. And that has just stuck with me for the last like year, year and a half. I mean, and then I told, uh, what's even better is that I told my mom and my family this. And my mom's like, well, maybe you deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom took her side. It's incredible. No, see, yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love Nira. I love Nira because, I mean, she's just an all-time poster. 
you know, I mean, she will go into the mentions to reply at two in the morning to a random person with 10 followers. And you just got to respect that hustle in the game uh, from somebody, <laughs> you know, who's ostensibly a leader in the Democratic Party. What, what I like about this tweet is like Jen Rubin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She she says she is conserving conservatism. She's pro voting. She's the real conservative. And now she's not just like pro Joe Biden, pro the Democratic Party. She's like cheerleading for like staffer level decision making in the White House, which is just incredible. And the audience for that tweet is like 10 people. Right. It's like Ron Payne <laughs> and a bunch of other people in Washington, D.C. It's like, who who are you trying to convince here, Jed? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I mean, look, we've done a few episodes on Nira Tandon. You get, you've, you've provided content that in normal circumstances would, would certainly be up, up my alley as judge and jury. But I, I can't go against Radio Free Tom's lack of self-awareness in that tweet. So, Jay, you, re, you win round two. Boom. Uh, yeah, let's go. Literally let's go. Islamophobia. Literally Islamophobia. I'm calling Muslim it. Muslim on Muslim crime. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay so round three and uh Siraj, you got to go first man so this okay. is all right this is tough um this all right so this is uh jen rubin tweets this on may 28th saying quote scott as in senator tim scott votes no and is doing the negotiating on police reform what a freaking joke end quote Obviously, the no vote that she's referring to is on the January 6th commission, which failed in the Senate. Um, I just love this. I just love this tie in here that just because he's voting against the January 6th commission, which we all know would be a partisan circus, uh, the likes of which we have never seen before. And then going after him for his actual uh, genuine intent to try to reform uh, our police departments and address the issue of police brutality uh, on not just all Americans, but specifically on uh, black and brown Americans. Uh, I just love that she's just trying to undermine him and say, just because he votes no on one thing, everything else is bullshit. Well, and then also, I mean, it was the Democrats that filibustered his police reform bill last fall, right? Exactly. And so it's, <laughs> it's just- In fact, incredible. I think it was Nancy Pelosi who, pinned the death on of george floyd on republicans in the heat of that debate that's right mm -hmm. all right jay what do, you, what do you got to answer this is this is okay. important man it all comes down to this, this this is it this is the good one here so i think this one works really well this is the uh so uh morning morning joe had a segment and they tweeted on may 25th with stacy abrams and saying this is not about a concern about our democracy or voting. It's about holding on to power for a group of people who do not believe that they can win fairly if they have to simply present their ideology to the people. And then Tom quote tweets, this is, this is really the story of the modern GOP. In addition to all the other uh, shinshanery, it no longer believes it can sell uh, what few few ideas it has to anyone, including themselves. It's like the last Yugo dealership run by some low-level mafia guys as a money a money laundering operation. And what I love about this is that he's quote tweeting this with Stacey Abrams, who still has yet to uh, acknowledge losing uh, governorial race. Yeah, exactly right. And she's been on a pathway as much as per uh, possible to. 
continually to lie about any kind of voting voting bill and for him to say that the GOP are running are running with these laws because they don't have ideas to get votes while simping and quote tweeting Stacey Abrams as an authoritative figure on this it just it makes me laugh so hard watching this especially watching what uh Stacey Abrams has done throughout her you know career after after the uh governorship uh run oh that's governor Stacey Abrams Jay. my my apologies you, i'm sorry you disrespect i'm our- sorry <laughs> that's a good tweet um we've covered it previously on the program but you know Stacey Abrams calls the Georgia election reform bill Jim Crow 2.0 because um there's changes to some of the early voting uh rules i mean what she doesn't tell you is when she was in the Georgia state legislature she cut early voting from 45 days to 21 uh, because there were rural counties that were like, you know, we don't have the resources to staff, um, you know, election offices for 45 days. Uh, and it wouldn't even be efficient to have 45 days because, you know, we, we don't have a huge population. And, and she actually justified those changes as being more efficient and cost saving. And now it's, uh, it's Jim Crow 2.0. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. I Essentially, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, adding adding more voting booths. Adding that means I have to drink now, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll drink. <laughs> you gotta we all got to drink. Yep. We all got to drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, these are both really good. Um, gosh, Tim Scott tweet by Jen Rubin. Or a Stacey Abrams tweet. Just absolute friend of the program and total villain of democracy, Stacey Abrams. Um, mm. I like Radio Free Tom's tweet. However, it's like an essay, man. Like, take that shit to live stream. <laughs> <laughs> that was so long. Why is yeah, so I should have gone with the other one. I should have gone long. with the with the the three words of sums it up. The no, Jay. Yo, no, 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 Joe. That, that was Jay. so good. Jay, there's no, take no there's no take There's no take No, no take back. No it's all, there are it's no all good. He did. He did the left, left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B. I can't do anything about it that's that's a win that's a win for Siraj and Jen Rubin congratulations let's go Jen Rubin 69 forever oh man fellas um great great to have you guest play king of the hill great content great guests um I want to give you guys a chance to to give all the listeners um you know plug of, of of your your stream, your Patreon, uh, what, what do you got? Absolutely. So you could, uh, if you want to check us out, uh, we do have a Twitter handle at Habibi underscore bros. You can also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Habibi bros. I'm at Siraj A. Hashmi on Twitter. Jay, where are you at now? Say so the full name. I'm at uh, Ahmed L. Aslikin. And, uh, no, no it, what's the at though? The at is at Aslikin. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Should be easy to find. <laughs> Don't think there's many out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks a lot, guys, for doing this. It was great to have you guys on. I appreciate it.
Appreciate you guys. Congratulations on having the nicest episode of the podcast (laughs) series. 69. You gotta love it. MashaAllah. See you guys. Okay. (laughs) This is good stuff. Well, that's a good time to be had. I mean, we turned, we essentially turned, you know, the Memorial Day three-day weekend and four-day weekend with this podcast, folks. I love it. It's good. Let's just, you know what, let's let's get it out of here. Everybody go on to store dot ruthless.com is that what it is no it's store dot ruthless podcast.com or just go to the website ruthless podcast.com you'll see it in the navigation under merch maybe store dot ruthless podcast.com uh i've already hit it up by the time you've heard this excellent episode folks thank you so much to our guests our numbers still you know keep going up we appreciate all of you telling your friends and family to subscribe uh, and we appreciate you so much. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. Stay ruthless. We'll see you on Thursday. Thursday.